Welcome to the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast, where a steampunk girl, a lifelong sci-fi fan, and a rocket scientist chat about the popular 2009 sci-fi series. There's never a dull moment with the agents dedicated to protect humankind from unexplained phenomena that manifest their powers in special objects. And there's all those friendships and relationships along the way. Grab a cookie while you can. Hope you don't smell fudge. Gear up with your Farnsworth Tesla and neutralizer. And let's have some fun by snagging it, bagging it, and tagging it. Welcome back to Artie's Attic, the Warehouse 13 fan cast. I'm the Warehouse 13 janitor, currently upturning all of Artie's room looking for any more contraband artifacts. My name is SP. And introducing Artie's Attic lead agent and historian who's off playing with her new custom grappling hook pistol, it's Agent Shannon. What's up, guys? (laughs) (laughs) You having a little fun with this episode, huh? Yeah. Yeah, right. We'll get to it later. Uh, Your shirt that you wore the first time you introduced yourself to Jamie. I don't know if introduce is quite the word for it. It It's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Tried to introduce, maybe attempted to introduce. Yeah. (laughs) And also joining us is the warehouse agent who is off interrogating hunky naked college wrestlers. It's Agent Carolyn. Oh, yeah. I like this job. (laughs) <laughs> Look at you, Major Blush. You're already blushing. <sighs> Seriously. I snap like him with a towel, too. <laughs> you could snap him, sure. I think Claudia missed out. She did. She got freaked out. <laughs> Poor Claudia. We are continuing our Warehouse 13 series discussion with the episode that premiered on August 17th, 2010, 12 years before the Prime Energy drink was first sold. I'm referring to the Warehouse 13 Season 2 7th episode for the team. The Amazon description reads, Micah and Claudia investigate mysterious deaths on a college wrestling team, but they're shocked when an old foe shows up to help, and when Artie gets sick, Pete must seek medical assistance from an unwilling source. Shannon, I think this is your favorite episode that we've seen so far. So, I gotta say this before I forget. Because there's so many other things going through my head at the moment. In real life, Jamie Murray, who plays H.G. Wells, in real life, she is named after the character from Bionic Woman, who was played by Lindsay Wagner, who was in this episode. That's right. That's, That's our true. big cameo in this episode. And this is not the only time she's in the series. We get her five more times. Yes, several more times. But they've been at a con together, sitting together. So, matter of fact, she was in that one I, uh, uh, that I played earlier on Twitter. She was sitting beside her. So was Cece Pounder. But that's, Jamie was named after, and because her mom spelt it wrong when she named her, that's how she named her. Ah. Jamie Summers from Bionic Woman. Lindsay Wagner has 95 acting credits starting in 1971. So probably she's been acting before you two were born. I think she started in soap operas. I think she did start in a lot of soap operas. The 1973 movie, The Paper Chase, she was in. That was her first notable credit, I will say, before the soap operas or after the soap operas. She was in two episodes of The Rockford Files. She was in nine episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man. A lot of crossovers mm-hmm. going there. Oh, yeah. Played by the guy. Played Fall Guy. Yeah. I watched, I watched those. Lee Majors. Yeah. Yes. He's a, I watched those. 58 episodes of Bionic Woman. That's all there were. 58. But we got 58 of them. One episode of The Fall Guy. More oh. So they got a return back. And after that, they had... Three TV movies, one in 1987 called The Return of the Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman. There's mm-hmm. one in 1989 called The Bionic Showdown, The Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman. And in 1994, there was the Bionic Ever After movie. And these are all TV movies, by the way, but they were on TV. Was- yeah. So, brief second. Did you ever see the remake of Bionic Woman? 
Yes, with I, um, with uh, Katie Sackhoff in it, right? Yeah, she was again. Yeah, I thought those were really good series. I thought I mean, it, it didn't was last long. Too, I don't know why it was canceled. Uh, probably due either. to low ratings, I'm guessing, but I don't know why it would got low ratings. But I've got the box set because I liked it. And yes, Katie Sackhoff was a great surprise. I, I didn't know it was going to. You never seen that one, Caroline? I missed it. You didn't miss Must it. have been when I didn't have very much TV or I was. When was it? After VSG, uh, I think. Early 2000. It's probably the same time as this was going on. Hmm. I don't know. I don't nope. know. I'll have to look it up. But it was a pretty good series. Lindsay Wagner was also in the 1991 movie Ricochet. She was in one episode of Alphas. And recently mm-hmm. she's done some current things too. One episode of Fuller House she was in. <laughs> so she is active in the uh, Vancouver filming area, I think. Anyway, Lindsay Wagner was awesome in this, and I'd forgotten that she was going to show up. And when she did, I was like, oh, it's, the, it's the thing, it's the thing with the bionic woman. It's great. So, yes, that was great. And so we all get the bionic woman. But we also get Jamie Murray, so I can understand why this is your favorite movie or favorite sh- episode since we started. Well, there's several things about this particular episode. There's a lot of family things going on, mm-hmm. like a lot of relationships going on. You have yep. the Pete and what's her name, Kelly. You have Pete and Kelly that are finally not like at each other's throats for the first time. You have. Claudia and Micah that are going to the campus together. And this is Claudia's first time being out as a what do they call her? Like a princess agent? She's an apprentice. And then, you know, I love the hug at the end that she gives Micah because Micah yeah. actually well, if you don't want to do it, then go back home and um, turn your coattails and run. So and it, it, it kind of had the whole big sister relationship feel to it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the whole Artie and Vanessa you know what his name is? Vanessa? Yeah, her yep, Vanessa. Vanessa. Yeah, Vanessa. You find out that he's been having a crush on her for a while, and then may it look like that she has one back on him. And <laughs> yeah. I, he, it was just relent- Pete was relentless on him, right? But it, but it did well. But you also start to see the whole Micah is smitten. She mm, liked it. She mm-hmm. didn't, obviously didn't tell. And if you notice at the very end, she kept that, that sticky note for she herself. Did. Mm-hmm. Because it was such a wonderful thing that that HGA. Oh my God, have you seen these? So I love how all through the episode you have the relationships happening all around with each other, mm-hmm. but without outside people, you know. But then you also get the beginning of Bearing of Wells, and you're gonna you're just gonna have to bear with me when I say that because it's from here on out you're gonna hear me say Bearing of Wells. So <laughs> it, it's it's a fandom that brought me back into fanfic. It's a fandom that I've met, I would say, the majority of the people that follow me on Sci-Fi Girl. I started Sci-Fi Girl through all of the beginning of all of that. So I found, mm-hmm. I found Burying Wells just as, as deeply rooted me into Twitter as much as Defiance. I have a mm-hmm. whole little pocket of friends and there's still, I mean, I like the... Staring that they were doing at each other, doing to each other when, when she was trying to when eye she contact. Was given, yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say something else, but we'll just go with eye contact. <laughs> I know, but you know that word. Yes. I mean, they got body contact in there too. She did. Yeah. Well, she, she did. had to save her. Well, I mean, there was the pin against the wall, and then there was oh, the yes. flying into the air. Yes. The whole choking thing. Yes, a very <laughs> memorable moment, right? Do you know? Also, by the way. In behind the scenes, if I remember correctly, because it's been so long since the behind the scenes came out for these things, but Joanne Kelly dislocated her shoulder for going through so many takes of hitting the the, the guy across his oh, chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dislocated her shoulder in oh. quite a few episodes. Yeah. Well, he deserved it, so I think he it's yeah. it. an injury well worth it. it. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of my favorites. We got a lot of great one-liners from Pete. Yeah, I mean, it was just so funny that the things that he was saying to Artie, he's like, and he sits down and and Artie's like, leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I'll I'll kill you. Right. Oh, my God. That whole thing cracked me up. Pete, you, sir, have been growing back your appendix in an attempt to get Vanessa to visit the warehouse. 
That's so romantic. Yeah, it looks so cute. It's so romantic. Artie says, are you finished? And Pete said, if only. Artie, so no then. Pete, there was some way for you to interact with Vanessa that did not involve invasive surgery. Perhaps some kind of, I don't know, social ritual. One involving the sharing of food or the enjoyment of filmed entertainment with some duds that have been been milked. milked. Yes. See, he has great one-liners. With some duds that have been milked. (laughs) Someone needs to put that on a shirt. I know it's been a couple years, but come on. So we need that on the shirt. I did notice the wrestling shirt that he was wearing in the beginning is one of the wrestling shirts he has on his website for sale. They're from his. Yeah, it's his. Mm-hmm. He yeah was wearing from his Eddie McClintock's shirt. webpage. Yeah. I think the, the one of the hilarious things, too, was when it was first, when the episode was first starting and you see Micah coming down the stairs with the Kelly. vet. She's like, I'm so glad you make house calls for ferrets. And uh, then you see Pete coming out. Micah, Micah, Micah. You will not believe how many croissants I fit in my mouth. And then she looked, the vet looks at it, her Micah and goes, someday you'll have to tell me how you got paired up with him. And then Micah's like, actually, it's kind of impressive how many he can fit. <laughs> Did you see the part? I like the part where she's like, well, thank you for fixing Pete. She's like, Pete? She goes, oh, we named the ferret Pete, too. She goes like, what? <laughs> the, Pete, the ferret is named Pete also. Right, that wasn't in here though. Yeah, that whole the, the whole it? quote thing was pretty good. You know, he comes running. Micah, guess how many croissants I shoved in my mouth, mouth all at once? And <laughs> Kelly says, "One day you'll have to be tell me how you got partner up with that one." Micah says, "The croissants thing's actually kind of impressive when you see it." Kelly says, "Yeah, at least it keeps him from talking." And Pete talking, says, "Oh, that's right. You prefer your males to bark and hump your leg." And she says, yeah. "I'm sure it's in your repertoire." <laughs> See, right there, you have the relationship funny. between Micah and Pete, which now she's, whereas before, remember in first season where they didn't get along, she didn't like him, and oh my yeah. God, you're such an idiot. I'm, I'm dealing with a child. And now she's more like a big sister. You know, it, look, it's, it's really yeah. kind of cool. It's kind of neat. And it's so cute. She's just trying to explain to Kelly, you know, like, look, it's just, it's kind of impressive. That's what <laughs> a big sister would do, right? Yeah, yep. and she, I don't know if she's used this nickname before. I, I really caught on to it because it was said several times. She called Claudia Claude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was an endearing nickname that I picked up on for the first time in here. So bad on me if it's been yeah, said I before. Love, again, going back to those relationships, I like how Claudia is so trying to be like Micah mm-hmm. and she's failing at it, right? And then only when she tells this to Micah, she's like, well, that was your first mistake. But you need to be more like you. Kind of like what Artie told her to be more, be yourself. Right? It didn't work out well for Todd. But once she realized that she needs to do the tech side of it and to talk to these kids like she would talk to from her own age, she's the one who figured it out. Micah didn't figure that out. Yeah. When she was talking to him, it was... One of the funny things when she was talking, you know, the second time she goes in and to talk to this little wrestling kid, the funny thing is she points to the porn pictures he has on the wall. And she's like, first off, those are photoshopped. And se- second, and then she gets into her spiel and she looks at him. She's like, all right, spill it, Hulkling. Don't make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that one. And now with She-Hulk out, a lot of people know who Hulkling is finally. That's uh, true. Going back, though, to when we were talking about the croissant thing at the beginning. When the vet leaves, Micah looks at Peach. So what is it with you two? And he says, well, she started it. Yeah, it was a lot of back and forth with them. So I got a question. I, I got lots of questions in here. So I guess I'll start with the gratuitous one for you gals. All locker rooms have guys walking around in towels? No, 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 sorry. I mean... I've never been in a guy's locker room, so I yeah. couldn't tell you. Yeah, I that's have. not what happens. It's like all the the like high school TV shows or movies, and they show all the women in their underwear or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't happen either. So, no, I mean, not usually. the romanticized 
wrestling locker room is not really like that. I mean, a lot of guys do walk around naked in the wrestling locker rooms because they're trying to sweat off pounds. I was just say, you mean you tell me that they don't come out like still half wet from the shower, not even bother drying off like that guy did? Yeah, no, no, they, you know, no. they air dry. Yeah. <laughs> air dry. Air dry. Well, there are a lot of women that walk around lockers in like their, their bra and, 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 and panties while they're walking around trying to get stuff ready, but but that's mainly because they're standing in front of the mirror with the curling arm for too long. Hmm. That was not one of those. So why didn't Micah just Tesla HD when Claudia and Micah first found her? Why did she? She should have because she is a fugitive from the warehouse. She should have subdued her right then and there. Because she's already attracted to her. And like Micah and like HG said, if you didn't believe me just a little bit, you would have already shot me by now. Yep. I mean, she did almost choke the living daylights out of her. HG was all over there going, brain required, oxygen required for brain activity. (laughs) And I'm over here, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this part. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get a whole new me now. We do find out that HG has a daughter. We've talked about it before in the podcast, but this is where it's revealed. Her daughter, Christina was in her picture was in the locket that she took from the vault. Mm-hmm. So, that, so far, that's the only thing she's told her that she's taken from the vault. There's other things, and she doesn't know the details yet, but she is being truthful about what happened or that she's, that's what she took. She's not being fully truthful with Michael yet, with Micah yet. I said Michael, with Micah yeah. yet, but, but it's still, she's also not lying. She does want to come back to work for the warehouse. Yeah, she does yes. want to come back because nowhere else is home. Right. She doesn't have a home. I mean, everybody she's known and loved has been gone and dead for a hundred years. I mean, did you catch the reference when she was talking about the amino acids? And she's yeah. like, yeah, I had to study for you know, Moreau, Monroe. Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Moreau. Yeah, that was pretty good. I was like, how many geeks are going to pick this up? Nobody. It was Nobody. Uh, 115. Years ago, I was like, She's like "Amino acids haven't changed that yeah. much." Yeah, that was pretty good. She's like, "Amino acids haven't changed in a hundred years." Matter of fact, I have an autographed picture from her where she's in that very outfit that she's standing in, in the blue shirt, black pants. Sorry, my mind just went, Jamie. <laughs> That's I think we've seen her in that several times. It must be a costume that they, a returning costume that they had for her when she was going around. We also get the poor coach gets just lambasted yeah. by this SUV right at, at the end. And we see the SUV again. The front end has no damage whatsoever. Right. So you've killed somebody <laughs> and yet that Chevy truck is on damage. That's not realistic. No, that but it's Hollywood Bubble Guppies. <laughs> <laughs> Bubble so he, they, whenever they, whenever he hit the coach, you would think the coach would go flying up over the, or or didn't something on top of the hood. But of well, course, no, he got happen. mushed between it and another car, so that prevented him from going flying. No, there was something no, behind he, he him just, that he hit. I didn't wasn't see it? that. No, no, there was nothing behind him. He just hit the coach, and the coach dropped very well. No, there was something behind him. I thought that he got mushed between, and that's what pe- killed him because he got. Smacked and then smacked up against something else. No, I didn't see I that. Hmm. But then she, Micah got saved. Old fashioned <laughs> indeed. Yes, she was coveting the grappling hook. And she's like, well, that's kind of old fashioned. She's like, well, it wasn't when I invented it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't when I was inventing it. Then she's like, do you, well, you still don't trust me, do you? She's, she, you thought, you think I set this whole thing up just to prove my innocence. And uh, Micah said, well, that thought did cross my mind somewhere between, oh, God, I'm going to die. And hey, look, I'm flying. (laughs) I don't remember what happens in the future specifically, but as the grappling hook gun went into the warehouse, I keep thinking it was planted there. Like H.G. Wells gave it to Micah to plant in the warehouse. So I don't know if it's a plant or not, but there's that possibility that Trojan horse. I don't know. I don't think it is. I know it gets destroyed in the later seasons, but I don't. It wasn't planted. I don't remember. Well, guess we'll find out. That's the beauty of watching and rewatching the warehouse. Yeah. 
Artie's appendix growing back. I mean, <laughs> okay. Over every year. I every mean, year. it's the highlight of the doctor's year, apparently. It's the highlight of the doctor's year to come and take Artie's appendix. So I have an issue with him having major surgery, getting the appendix out. He's not on painkillers and he's fine like an hour later. Like, what? Right? All that to get a girl. And by a vet, no less. The only thing I could think of <laughs> is that he used some sort of artifact to help him recover. Or maybe they had one on hand or something. I don't know. But that that's the only thing I can think of because otherwise he would be laid out and asleep. Yeah. I mean, I know that taking out the appendix nowadays is a lot less invasive than it used to be. But uh, for a vet to take out an appendix as they come in there, one of these days you guys are going to realize I'm a vet animal doctor, not a people doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I get the whole thing. It's either thi you or the barber. <laughs> I get the whole thing here. So Kelly says, at some point you people will have to realize that veterinarian means animal doctor, not humans. Artie says, hey, I don't want to be here either. So and Pete said, look, Doc Owens is out of town. His appendix is about to burst. So it's either the vet or the barber. And Kelly says, an act of appendectomy. There you go. Do you realize you that most of the surgeries I perform are spaying and neutering? <laughs> and Artie goes, okay, the barber, the barber. Oh, look, Artie, please sit down. Pete says, and then Artie says, okay. And Pete says, I mean, come on, help the guy out. Hey, I can make him look like a giant walrus if it makes it any easier. <laughs> yep, I remember that was good. Because he was playing, because uh, Pete was playing around with Timothy Leary's glasses earlier in that uh, episode before uh, Artie was ending up uh, doubled over in pain from his appendix growing back. Pete was very bored in the warehouse, so he was playing with uh, Timothy Leary's glasses and Artie came in and he looked like a walrus to Pete. He's like, you sure you don't want a little fishy? But those were the same glasses they used in the previous episode where uh -huh. they were kind of fine. Mm -hmm. yeah, the right. yeah, it makes you see things like you're high. Yep, those glasses. He the was bored. Other artifact of note in this episode was Godfrey's spoon, which was the main artifact. And it was forged from the armor of the fallen warriors of Godfrey Haraldsons. It's Viking, so... I hope I got that pronunciation correct. And any liquid that comes in contact with the ladle amplifies the strength of the drinker. Oh, I did some internet research on this guy, and he was an important Viking in like the eight, 800s, not 1800s, but 800s, and, and that's about wow. it. There's not much on him. Well, that must have been uh, several warehouse agents filling at that job. It's been, it's been really lost all the time. <laughs> yeah. and. Uh, what was funny was when they figured out that it was the energy drink that the uh, wrestling kids were drinking that was making them spontaneously combust. <laughs> Claudia said, well, we better we better figure out what the what it is or we're going to end up with a bunch of wrestlers extra crispy. <laughs> That's so wrong. <laughs> Claudia gets her superhero origin by being thrown into the vat of chemicals mm -hmm. just like harley quinn so i mean right. it could have turned out very differently claudia could be harley quinn wouldn't that be cool did i just spontaneously combust <laughs> yeah she didn't remember anything and I, I was thinking was that a double entendre for something when she came out of it i don't know how quickly could have hg made something just i mean she's got like would be brilliant everything would have to be right there in her grasp to make whatever amino acids she's going to deal with. And all I can say is, I think it's going to taste bad. Yeah. Bubble guppies. Bubble guppy. There's a few jumps in this episode, and that was one of them, where you didn't get a montage of her in the lab doing anything. There was one time where Micah goes running after her, and, and then you just see them in an alley together. You don't see Micah right. chasing her down or anything. So there were a lot of jumps in here. I think... Out of all of them, the lab would annoy me the most. Uh, yeah, I want to see how, how you came about this. And mm -hmm. they just completely skipped over it. So, yes, They didn't have time to see them be brilliant. And maybe they didn't even have time to, to film it. And at the time, the director was like, okay, uh, we could do without this. Because they have, and I learned this by doing Arrow or on, on the Starling Tube podcast 
podcasting on the Starling Tribune. They actually only have so many filming days that they can do per episode, and the film crews have so many hours before they have to have a day of rest, basically. Like, if you go long, then you can't film the next day. You can't recall them. They have a day off, and you can't bring them back for a while. So maybe they ran into one of those issues, but the director for this episode was... Jane Ibsen? No. No. It was Tawana McKeeran. And she has 56 directing credits starting in 1998. This is her fourth episode of Warehouse 13. She did season one, episode 11, Nevermore. She did two episodes earlier in the season with Age Before Beauty and Around the Bend, by the way, where you usually start. And then we'll see her again in season three for three episodes. But she also has credits with Silk Stockings. Oh, I love the series. I thought you might. (laughs) <laughs> she did four episodes of ER, one episode of Army Wives. I think you watched that too, didn't yes. you? One episode of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm, I love that show. Two episodes of one of my favorite and just entertaining shows of all time, Burn Notice. I don't know if either of you two watch that or not. Some of the, yeah. yeah. Uh, watch, three yeah. episodes of Grimm, one episode of Blind oh. Spot. So she got to play or got to direct Jamie Alexander. Two episodes of Black Lightning, one episode of The Magicians, one episode of Supergirl, two episodes of Cobra Kai, which is just a, it's a fun ride. You can't be serious about that at all. It's, it's the, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it's the Karate Kid. It's if you list. haven't, it's, it's a fun ride. And then one, one episode of Walking Dead. So she's been around. Oh my God. I can't believe you mentioned Silk Stockings. I'm like, who in the world knows that? And I still have the box set sit on top of my shelves. Ah. <laughs> and then... She was teamed with Druzy Greenberg, who I've actually covered a lot in my past. He did one episode of Firefly. This is writing credits, by the way. One episode of Firefly. 44 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. 22 episodes of Smallville. 19 episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Oop, I love that. One episode of Caprica. Hmm. Eight total episodes of Warehouse 13. He did Claudia, the episode Claudia, and then mm-hmm. this is his second episode. We will see him six more times. And then what I covered him the most from is the next two. Six episodes of Arrow and 13 mm. episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I've covered him 20 times previously. A lot. Do you know, mm-hmm. I think I've told y'all this before, but I don't remember ever seeing Buffy. And I think it was on the same time... Either. It was probably on the same time around Charmed and Xena, maybe. Because I didn't. I never watched Buffy. Yeah, I started to rewatch. I've never watched it all the way through either. I know it's very iconic for a lot of people. I started watching it, and I think I got close to the end of maybe even season two, but I think it was season one. And I just haven't gone back to it. But it's okay. I think the thing with Buffy, though, now, if you catch it streaming somewhere... The problem you're going to run into is the songs, the songs, the the rights to the songs went away and they replaced the songs. So it's just not the same. Yeah. They did that same thing with the theme song of Charmed, the original one. Those rights went away and they could not use that version anymore of Charmed. Yeah. From a guy's perspective, the deadliest catch had uh, wanted dead or alive in there and they had to finally get rid of it because they couldn't uh, afford it anymore. It's like, okay, I, I don't watch the show anymore. I think it's a bunch of trash now, but you know, whatever. It used to be good. I used to watch that. When it first started, it was really good. And then it just kind of went. One? So, which are you talking about? Deadliest, Deadliest Catch. catch. Mm-hmm. I would say it's good up until Phil's death. And then after that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that too. Then it kind of went. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wait, That's the technical now? term, by the way. <laughs> You hear us? What do you mean? Hee-haw now? Yep. Yeah, remember that? Yes. Carolyn, what was Hee-haw. your favorite part of the episode? Oh, I don't know if I could choose a favorite. There were so many. I mean, it was cute when Pete was trying to give dating advice to Artie to try to get him to ask the doctor out. And then all Artie could come up with is, have a safe flight. <laughs> But it was also very endearing, the conversation with Micah and Claudia 
trying to get her to go back and interview the kids. These are your peers. Go interview them like you would anybody else you know. You know, and then at the end, it was really cute to see the conversation that Pete had with the vet. She's like, well, I figure your species has to eat too. So maybe we could go eat at the same place, maybe at the same table. (laughs) Oh, that was so, so important for him to reach out because of everything that Artie said. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) supposedly not on painkillers. He's like, I think you were really talking to yourself. Because you saw mm-hmm. me and you didn't want to be me. So you saw a future that you didn't like. Yeah. And uh, he threw Pete's line back in, back in front of him. He's like, don't be the guy that just only has the warehouse. Yeah. They both said the exact same line. Be one of those agents who are obsessed with the warehouse. That works out so well. They both that, said it. That, that was the line right there. Thanks. <laughs> both of them said that to each other and they both went, hmm. Okay. So, I mean, in the end, it was Artie actually got to go for a a sit with Vanessa. She's driving. Claudia is applying for college because uh, Micah was like, hey, you could you could go do this. HG gave Micah her grappling hook just says you can owe me. And then Pete getting to go out Dutch for Chinese. With the vet. I mean, it was just all over a really, really good episode for all the growth of the people that were in it, I think. And there were so many. Yeah. And the just the interaction of HG and Micah was really fun to watch. Um, You know, so I just I don't know. I couldn't I don't think I could. Those were all my favorites. I can't, I don't have a favorite favorite either. I thought There's, your favorite part was when Micah and HG were in the hot tub together. Don't even get me started. I'm trying to, <laughs> I can find a fanfic like that. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have actually. <laughs> you know what? I like that this is the start of them, right? I like that this is, you can already see Micah is taken with her. I like that they are already flirting with each other. And I don't, I know, Carolyn, you probably watched it this morning, but SP, if you didn't watch what I posted this morning from one of the cons, where somebody asked Jamie at a con what she liked best about the development growth of her character. And she was talking about the redemption that she went through as a character of HG. But how she was talking about, and I've said this in the past to you before, I think, the relationship that you see on the screen that play is out between HG and, and Micah, it was not written that way. It was not meant to be as romantic or fantasized or anything other than just playing a character. Because they, as in Jamie and Joanne, decided to play it that way. The side looks that they give each other, the little touch of the hands, you know, those are things that they played into it to make it Bering and Wells. It wasn't written that way for her. And matter of fact, she was joking about in that video about how when she was first introduced, her character, first time you see her is when she was kissing Pete in her old house. And she says, you know, that would never happen. I was, you know, I feel like my character was meant to be attracted to him. She's like, and that would never happen, right? But then she said, Joanne Kelly walked in and I said, hell yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) most everyone else would. So I like the fact that you're already going to start to see more of the development between those two. And when you have people that have, in my opinion, they have good chemistry on and off screen. Those are the people that you are able to look at it and it feels realistic to you. Like there's mm-hmm. so many other characters like like Way Hot. Like it's realistic to me because you could see the emotions that they look and because they're like best friends off screen. So they it, it plays well together. So I like that Micah, who has always been the goody two shoe, that's always been playing by the rules, is now going to start breaking rules that she knows better for HG. Mm-hmm. Again, character developments are happening. So all the way around, it's not just 
me gushing over Bering Wells. I know. I am a Bering I'm sorry. You're going to hear it. Just, <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm sorry for not being sorry. Wouldn't have it any other way. I know, right? But, I mean, I, I do like the fact that you're seeing, I loved the interaction between Claudia and Micah and how she talked her in to go back to school, but that hug at the end where, where she's mm-hmm. treating her like a little sister. And now they've become partnership and now they've got to get closer together because they've been on missions together. Mm-hmm. What about USP? What was your favorite part? Oh, my favorite part was definitely when Pete figured out what Artie was doing because was it's not, this is another thing that just isn't shown in the episode. Pete saw what was happening. It didn't feel right to him. So this mm-hmm. is not mentioned in the episode at all, but you just know it happened. He, it didn't feel right. So he searched around and was like, okay, what might be causing this? Checked out his room because I think also he's worried about himself. Like all of a sudden his appendix is growing back like, and yeah. like, oh, what do you it mean? happens when you live in the warehouse. <laughs> he's Wait, like, what? what? <laughs> so now he's, he's got that and then he finds something and then he actually is forced because this is not Pete. To read, he, book. to read yes. a book. To read a manual. He read a book. And he didn't read the manual. He read the manifest. No. He read the manifest, not the manual. But he still has to read the manual. He reads the manifest and figures out that it is growing back his appendix. And then he goes back to the scene where Vanessa and Artie were playing off each other. And then it just all appears in his mind. So now he's got to confront him. And here's the sly thing about it. Vanessa is in the next room and Pete's voice is raised. So, you know, Vanessa hears this whole thing and Pete just goes into it. I've already done the quote and just says it's so romantic and everything. (laughs) And, and he's all for it. And the milks that were duds or milk, the the duds, the duds that that would be milked. Yeah. And so that, that whole interaction is definitely my favorite in, in here. Because there's a whole backstory that's just not shown on screen. Yeah. The part before that, when uh, when the doctor is coming in and Pete's like, we have a warehouse doctor. Yes, Pete. It's in the manual on subsection, blah, 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 you know, that he says. And uh, like, well, I'm just waiting for you to read it to me, Papa. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, when when the doctor starts to go and get ready for surgery. Pete's over there looking at Artie. Well, Artie, am I seeing you and Vanessa in a tree? K-I-S-S-I-N-G? And Artie's like, shut up. He's like, well, this means newsflash. Artie is human. You know, I wonder how much of sometimes, and it's been so long, I don't know if you can find out anymore, but I wonder how much that was actually scripted, or is it ad lib for, well, for- yeah, with Drew Greenberg as being the writer, I wouldn't be surprised if it was at least really close to what actually went out there, because he seems to be able to get into the characters and get that quippy dialogue back and forth. The eight or the six episodes of Arrow that I, I'd have to go back and check, but I bet you that's a bunch of quippy dialogue between Felicity and Oliver in there. And then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the team going back and forth, that's all quippy dialogue. So I got to think mm-hmm. that Drew had a big hand in this. It's really good. It, it brings out the character of Pete so much more. I mean, he I, he's definitely the comic relief of the episode. Yeah, this one was a really good. Um, it was a good Pete growth episode, too. Like, he grew from, like, you know, he needed a break from that last episode. And then he, you know, figured out, Oh, Artie actually is attracted to someone. Ooh, I can fix this. Let me help him out with that. And then Artie's like, actually, I see what's happening here. And they both kind of grew in the, okay, let's take a chance because we don't want to be that guy laying in the warehouse. And that's all we ever do. (laughs) Well, if you haven't put it together yet, for the team wasn't just talking about the wrestler teams. It was for the team. The team is the warehouse team. Yeah. Each one of them had a uh, had a character development for the team. Mm-hmm. I love my show. Yeah, and Cla- <laughs> for the record, by the way, Claudia is applying to South Dakota U- University, which doesn't exist. However, South Dakota <laughs> State University 
does have a very good computer science program. So I can only think that Claudia had some success there at South Dakota State. Well, wherever it's at, it's got to be closer than Southern California where they sent. And he's like, get an education while you're there. It was Northern California, but Northern yes. California. Yeah. Still, <laughs> no education to be had when you're in South Dakota. On the food end of things, we do see, let's see, there was cr- the mention of croissants in the beginning. And there's the energy drinks. And then there is the Twizzlers sitting on the vet's desk when it's at the end there. Somehow I'm wondering if like there was a pay in Twizzlers. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Or there's like a Twizzler sponsorship. Cause I mean, it was, it's, it's like, cause a lot of the other things don't have their own labels. You can't really test just a food. And Pete was eating something in a bowl at the end. I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell, but everything else didn't have a, like a label. This is like the thing that has like, it's Twizzlers. You can clearly see it's Twizzlers. So I was like, Hmm, I wonder if they got like a sponsor from Twizzlers or they were trying or something. It was really funny. I remember them having a sponsorship from some vehicle too. So I think they maybe drive boards or something in the in the episodes. Because they don't blur out those emblems when they show Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. This was Chevy in this episode, but Chevy Pete's Ford car Ford. in the pilot was a explorer, but now he's driving a Chevy. He is. He's driving a Chevy Blazer. So maybe mm-hmm. it is uh, sponsored by Chevy. They had to flip yeah. teams because for those that don't know, Ford and Chevy is there's two camps out there. Either you're Ford yeah. person or you're Chevy person. Whatever. <laughs> well, we're not watching it on like I had the DVD disc, right? But when you're watching them like on other some kind of pay program and the commercials come through, they're using those commercials sometimes from when they were actually being broadcast. And I remember them being a lot of car vehicle uh, commercials come through. Well, that's just the demographic that watches this. They're they're in the mode to buy their first new car, right? The actual people that are the demographic. So the mid twenties is the demographic that probably popped for this show. So we can sell cars to those people. By the way, remember when we were talking about color theory last mm, time, yeah. and and uh, Shannon was like, "It's hurting her brain." I'm just going to point it out. <laughs> that it still hurts my brain. The drink another gummy. is kind of orangish. It's kind of red oh, orange. Oh, right? good call. Yeah, and then... Damn it. <laughs> I think it made me think about it. <laughs> well, the ladle isn't, though. The ladle is like bronze metal bronze or something color. like yeah, that. Yeah, it's more of a brown, bronzish well, of course color. It's, it's from the 800s. Right. So, it, right. but if it's bronze, it would be like orange <laughs> or brass. It would be like orange or whatever. Purple That's true. would be like the glasses and the uh, the whistle the that was used by the doctor to figure out if he had infection or not. There's in no the, information in on the, that. The the thing that the artifact that grew back the top, the, 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 the PT Barnum's top. Thank you. It was called PT Barnum's top. Strike victim. I had it. I was doing <laughs> this. <laughs> you I know. That's why it. I was helping you out. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't get there. It was purple, um, right? I mean, purplish. I, it was I, glowing. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of, when you say purple, it reminds me of the, the dark vault, right? And he, and Pete's like, yeah, mm. go ahead, just take, it to the, just take a stroll through. Just, just, just take a stroll to the dark vault. Dark vault. Like, that is not a date. That's, that's a horror feature. Right? What could possibly go wrong? I did like when Mike is sitting on the bench. And Claudia comes up to her. She's swiping files left and right from like mm-hmm. police and from the corner and stuff. <laughs> but I hacked the corner, so yeah. it's okay. She, so she's running up to Micah, and Micah's just sitting on this bench, dejected, and bobbing this metal up and down in the orange or the the purple goo. Like, ah, dang it! It it just looks like it's not the first time she tries it. It's like, well, maybe this time it'll work. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. Maybe the third time's the charm. Out of all of it, that's the cool thing about it. Out of all of it, Claudia felt like she was failing because she wasn't doing it the microwave. But Claudia is the one who figured out everything out. I, you know what her. I just realized too? I just realized that Claudia's coat that she wore when she finally decided to be herself was purple. 
You're not going to make me seriously rewatch these episodes. <laughs> and it's, it's whoa! I no. mean, that's such a torture for I you. I know it's such a hard thing. I'm not starting over at the beginning though. We're going to start right at the episode before. Was there any colors <laughs> in that one? Uh, we we had a little tough time with that one, but yeah, that's okay. Mike is still cute in it. That's where I start. <laughs> the jeans and gun does it for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, that was the that was the one thing that uh, when they first started their interviews, when Micah and Claudia walked into the wrestling meet and Claudia was like, OK, I'm ready to be the apprentice. Wait, should I have worn something business suitish? And she's like, what? And then you see Claudia note, OK, note, jeans are OK. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. This was not my favorite episode. I had just brain things that happened. I talked about them. So it's not my favorite episode, but it's solidly like the top of the middle of the pack for me. I know it's Shannon's favorite episode so far. Carolyn, what do you think? Well, I really liked this episode. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is one of my favorites. I did notice another Star Wars quote because mm-hmm. I'm trying to find those now. It was when Claudia went to stop. What was his name? What was the wrestler guy's name that they I were trying say to? Gary, but I don't remember. I think it was Gary. Yeah, it was Gary. They were trying. She was going to go warn Gary to stop drinking that drink. She he opens the door and he looks just like death warmed over. She's like, "Dude, you look like Bantha Puda." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Ooh." Star Wars reference. There it is. And I'm looking at you like, what? Who's that? I don't know it. Gary, by the way, was played by Robert Clark. I would not recognize him whatsoever, but he was in a few child series, like 52 episodes of The Zack Files and 42 episodes of Strange Days at Blake Osley High. I don't know if those are like Disney Disney kids mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. But he was in a few episodes before he got here in Warehouse 13. This is the only episode he did with Warehouse 13, and he hasn't done much since. Probably had a different career. Either yeah. that or he's extra crispy now. <laughs> so still up in Canada. <laughs> so let's read our next email. We got one? Oh, that's right. We didn't get one. So if you'd Aww. like to send us an email, Aww. you can. You can send Shannon an email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. That's warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. As you know, we will read them on the air. Also, we don't have any new reviews on Apple Podcasts, so we would love to read a review that you do over there. We would prefer it to be five stars, but you know, we know you got to vote with your heart there. And uh, also, we have comments available on our early episodes over on YouTube. So you can go ahead and go to YouTube, find Artisiatic over there, and leave a comment over there. We will get your feedback. And then also there's the social media. Both Shannon and Carolyn are on the X. And now See? Carolyn is also available on the threads. Oh, yeah. The I start You're available on what? threads it's facebook's version of twitter it's like instagram twitter ish i don't know girl you and i are the same age and i'm like what the hell are you talking about i I blame sp he told me to do it i blame sp what happened over this past weekend is swifty nation moved from the x over to threads so you know the sp had to check it out Swifty Nation. Taylor Swift. <laughs> you're telling me you moved because, okay, you're a fangirl. No, okay. I was there long before Swifties yeah, came over. Yeah, he says this now. But continue. Well, I mean, he was uh-huh. he was watching the Taylor Swift concert that happened to break out into a football game over the I weekend. I know. It's just amazing. There's so much football that happens at a concert these days. I just don't <laughs> understand. You know, I don't know what you're referencing, but I know that she was on the field with him when they won something. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There was a kiss, <laughs> and he says, I love you so much, and, and she didn't say it back. She just said, I've been, never been so proud of anybody in my life. I'm like, oh! Oh, snap! Yeah! I'm sure I had a football song. Uh-huh. 
well, you know, the breakup's coming so she can write the album and then, you know, make. Yeah, she's got to get some good new, new yeah. fodder, new, new link lyrics. <laughs> Unfortunately, what's going to happen is she is going to have to do her last concert in Tokyo and then immediately get on a plane and fly back to Las Vegas to the Super Bowl so she could watch her boyfriend play in the Super Bowl. I know, tough I mean, life, but it's not like she doesn't have a private jet. Is that Susie going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, that's the team, the winning, the kissing on the field and stuff like that. That was the AFC championship game. So that team, Taylor Swift's boyfriend plays for, right. will, which is Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas by the City, way, yeah. will be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, one, I don't watch football. Two, I didn't know that's what the deciding thing was. I just saw them on the field. But I do know the colors and I know he's Kansas City. That's right. I only watch uh, Super Bowl for the commercials. <laughs> and unfortunately they come they should be out now on youtube they come out like the two weeks be. before yeah so you don't even have to do when that. is the super bowl the super bowl will be a week from sunday so a week and a half from when we record this when we record next the super bowl will have happened yes see that's that's just tells you how much i am up on it all i know is through all the years of working at pepsi pepsi is like the super bowl sponsor right the big, they pay for the halftime entertainment. For years, whoever the biggest name they had, we would get less of a raise that year. And we got like <laughs> chump change the year that Beyonce was there uh, because Beyonce apparently who is talked in the more. halftime this year. I think if they're going country, I know Reba is singing the national anthem. Ooh, that'll be good. At least they've got that. Yeah. Usher is doing the halftime. And I only know this because my girls told me I could care less, but. Usher's doing the yeah, halftime I show. I can tell you right now, I won't be watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I will be because I will be eating wings and enjoying. <laughs> oh, I yeah. did think of one more funny quote that was at the end when it was Claudia and she'd fallen into the vat of the goo and she's laying there and she's like, is it warm in here or am I wearing 38 Snuggies? snuggies? <laughs> 38 Snuggies. I thought that 38 Snuggie was actually a brand or whatever, so I searched it. And no, no, no. It's just 38 no, no. Snuggies. 38 Snuggies. <laughs> snuggies cracked me up. And because that was what the post office lady was wearing when she was watching the movie yes. that caused all the yes. problems. It was a Snuggie. See, there's so many great one-liners in this <laughs> in this episode, but that's what I love about where I, it was severely underrated at the time, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, I know I'm biased, but there's so many great one-liners that they were funny would you call them quips earlier that but it's in like every episode and pete has them or claudia has them and later on yep. jinx has them or sometimes oh man sometimes you'll have you'll have ari throw them in there yeah so this was competing with the end of eureka so i mean pure sci-fi guys are going to be more towards eureka than warehouse 13 Yes, I, I can understand that because that was me. Good dialogue series, though, are worth a watch. One that everybody talks about is West Wing, the walk and talks and the West Wing. Then the Aaron Sorkin, I think his name is, went on to do the newsroom over on HBO. Kind of the same sort of thing. One series that the dialogue is just very quippy, very stingery. And you're like, wow, did they really say that? And you have to rewatch it several times because it's so <laughs> fast is the Gilmore girls. That series has amazing dialogue in it. And I have girls that will have watched it. I've never watched the whole thing, but every time I walk into the room when it's being watched, it was like, wow, that, that was really neat. And then if you actually get to know the characters, it's even better than that. So yeah, the Gilmore girls is another either. example. It's it's yeah, not sci-fi whatsoever. Watched. It's just good dialogue. I can tell you another sci-fi show. I've heard that it's good. I just never watched it. I've never watched it either. Another sci-fi show that has good dialogue is, believe it or not, is Lost Girl. Yeah, I remember that. Lost Girl. Carolyn, you're looking at me like I haven't seen it. That was like two or three seasons oh, before goodness. it got canceled. I'm sorry. I had at least three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to make a list for you. I know. What's and then you'll have to tell me where to watch it. <laughs> and then I and, and then I always tell you what's at the top of my list you need to watch. Orphan Black. Yeah, that one that I don't know where to stream at because I don't have the DVDs. 
You you made me miss Dark Matter earlier because you're like posting all these things. I'm like, ah, oh, too. I miss her. <laughs> I know because uh, Joseph Malazzi, who was the creator of Dark Matter and one Stargate. of the writers on Stargate, he posted on his Twitter account. And I just love, absolutely love watching them. And I'm like, I have to repost these things. Well, he interacts with you a lot, too. He does. He does. He's really funny. I actually won a script from Dark Matter from him live tweeting one time watching Dark Matter. So I have a I have a I have a signed script from Dark Matter. I have signed scripts from Jag. Ooh, That's cool. Really? Yes. Yes, I do. And autographs from Catherine Bell. Mm. Which is also why I know Army Army Wives and Yeah. I like, I liked her good witch. The good and witch. Good witch. She's great and good Liked witch. The good witch. And of course, good witch also had my girl, Kat Burrell. So, about the closest that I can get is on Legends of Shield. We interviewed the a couple of the creators of X Men: The Animated Series, also known as X Men '92. And afterwards, they uh, asked for our addresses, and we gave them to them, and they sent us signed scripts. From wow. X Men '92, so that's cool. Yeah, that was really cool. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then X Men '97 like, oh. is coming out later this year. So every Winona con that I've gone to, Emily, the the director, she brings scripts to sign and passes them out. I think that's pretty cool because it gives you a piece of the show, right? Yeah, it's really neat to read, actually read the script and see what's actually in the script and how they do a script it's kind of fun to like to, the to one read. i have with jag whoever it was it was either her or the guy that played harm you could you could see where they had taken like little notes or maybe scratch mm-hmm. something out or maybe they were doodling that's but they had, but, but then they make the photocopies of those things and that's how they send them out to you right but then you know but like i said i was really into jag at the time i love jag that was a good show and i, I have liked, seen that one I mean, my ringtone used to play Jag. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I like those kind of openers anyways, because at the time when it was on the series, that opener was an actual live band that played it. It wasn't like recorded. It was like a live orchestra that did it, like a, a marching band. Oh, for Jag? Yeah, for Jag. Okay. They, had, they had a live... I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's kind of military drum. Jag was for those that have never seen it before. It's kind of a combination of Top Gun and A Few Good Men, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, and I guess nowadays NCIS, but really, I was going to say kind of like NCIS. Well, yeah, NCIS got its start because it was a spinoff from Jag because of Jag. Yeah, oh, because of Jag. that's how it. Yeah, that's how Seeing it got that started. Be something. Yeah, the huh. the original NCIS, the original one. What was his real name? It's called Mark NCIS. Mark it's, the original one is NCIS. Yeah, Mark Herman. Yeah. 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 That one was a spinoff from Jag because Jag <sighs> yep. did several crossovers with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and still watching that show. I've It's like a staple in our house. My parents love it. It, so. it, it was like less than 10 years ago or so. I mean, Jag's been off the air for a long time, since 2005. But it's been less, it's been five or six years now that I guess when NCIS was ending one of the seasons, the guy that played Harm and, and yes. Cat Brill, they came back and did a cameo in it, right? So they that did. Was, yeah, that they did. Because I was ago. like, Jag! <laughs> but that wasn't that long ago, right? It was a couple years ago? No, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah. so they revived those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've mentioned this on a podcast before, and I want to say it's this podcast. Rick Harmon is married to Pam Dauber. Mark and Mindy. Yeah. Yep. We're on top of that. I got it. Pam <laughs> Dauber basically stayed at home after Mark and Mindy. She basically stayed at home and raised their kids. That was the, the deal that she made with Mark was that one of them were going to be at home with the kids. So she cut her career short for that. And I have a lot of respect for working people in Hollywood that make that decision. So mm-hmm. it could it could have been if, if Pam was working then it could have been Mark that stayed home. I can so. tell you, looking back, you know what? I'm t- it's just weird. Through my life of of my sexuality, or whatever, through life, you don't look you don't realize that you're like, oh, oh yeah, you had a crush on someone. Uh, that's what that means. Like I remember that. 
Pam Dauber, Mork and Mindy. I remember Mork and Mindy. And I was I was infatuated with her. Couldn't tell you what it meant at the time, but I liked it. But as an adult, you're like, oh, that makes sense now. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a crush on Pam. I mean, she's pretty. I think most guys did. Yeah, she is. She's and pretty. witty. And witty. Mm-hmm. And I think that started my infatuation with Colorado. And I ended up living there for four years. So it's it was everything Colorado. that I played. Yeah, Colorado. Did you get a Jeep too? Colorado. I have a Jeep now. Do you really? <laughs> yeah. How long have you had Jeep? Uh, since uh, four or five years now. Five years. I love my Jeep. It's I love it. Better than a minivan that I used to have. But I miss my truck, honestly. I, I like my truck. And I know you just got rid of a truck, Shannon, but I, I miss, miss my power truck. for my truck. I, I was a V8, and now my Jeep does not have that same kind of power. But man, I can whip that Jeep into any parking spot I want to without thinking twice about moving the beast. <laughs> I did. Uh, I rented. So my car was in the shop getting fixed, and the rental car company gave me a huge truck. And I ended up getting really close and i used to drive a truck but i ended up getting really close getting that in and out of parking lots and parking spots and and i'm not talking about like small parking lots i'm talking about like target or walmart or something like that yep. so yeah I, I need to uh get in the mode to maneuver those stuff before and i am not one that is foreign to driving big stuff because i grew up on a farm and drove lots of big stuff growing up like 18 wheeler size stuff so I, I don't have a problem with it. It's just I have to get reaccustomed to it because I've been driving smaller vehicles ever since. Mm-hmm. It just happens every time I get in like a Suburban or something. I'm like, okay, I got to remember how I actually yeah. drive this thing around. <laughs> yeah. I, I made a U-turn the other day. I'm like, I would have never been able to do this in, in a truck. But that Jeep whoops around pretty quick. Mine basically turns on a dollar. It does not turn on a dime. You need a wide <laughs> turning radius for mine. How do you drive? My Xterra. Oh, it's no, my Xterra. Yeah. No. It, it, it basically is like, you know, you're trying to, it, yeah, it's like, oh, I need a wide berth here. Your turn <laughs> radius is limited by your four by four too, though. Yeah, it does have four wheel drive, but I, you know. It's that just, limits the action of the front wheels. Yeah. It turns on a dollar, not a dime. <laughs> it takes a dollar <laughs> to turn too, because it's so much gas. Anyway. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Next time, speaking of Warehouse 13, (laughs) we're going to be covering season two, episode eight, Merge with Caution. I will go with Shannon since the last person I asked was Carolyn. Do you want the IMDb or the Amazon description? Amazon. The warehouse agents hope to spend a weekend just relaxing and being normal. Pete with his girlfriend, Kelly, and Micah at her 10th high school reunion. But an artifact gets in the way. Claudia sees a new side of Artie when they take on a mission of their own. And we might have an apprentice of our own on the next podcast. So we'll just see how that goes. The half pint one. The half pint? The half pint one. Yep. This is a good episode coming up, too. I, I like it. I like the artifact they use. And it's 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 not, it's nowhere near as Mike walking down in the black dress in the hallway at the, at the Las Vegas stuff, but you know, she's pretty cute. And there's tons of Twizzlers in it. We're coming up mm. on the last third of the season here. Uh, there are 12 episodes in the season, and then there's the Christmas episode at the end. So technically, there's 13 episodes in the season, but one was a Christmas special. So I'm, I'm looking forward to catching the last third of the season. They, they off, these seasons often gets good near the end. Yes. Yeah. I think most seasons have Christmas season, uh, Christmas episodes. Uh, I, it's not it's not a sure thing anymore. I know Arrow had a No, no. I mean the the series, I think at the end of each one the at, at in one of each season I think there's Christmas episodes. Really? Well, I'll just take a look at season know. 3 right now, The Greatest Gift is nearly Christmas, and season 4, it's The Truth Hurts. So not none in season four, but season five, I don't think that's the end of the series. Maybe not. Yeah, that's the end Endless. Of the series, so just so. three, just two and three. So two hmm. and three. So once again, our email is warehouse13fancast 
at gmail.com. You can catch me on my Discord server at the Gunna Geek Network. That's gunnageek.com slash Discord. And the ladies, you can catch on the social media. So for the episode 19 of Artie's Attic, I'm the janitor, SP. This is Sci-Fi Girl. I'm Ocean363. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us for an episode of the Artie's Attic Warehouse 13 Fancast. You can find all our episodes at warehouse13fancast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can hit us up on our email at warehouse13fancast at gmail.com. We are a part of the Lone Wolf Podcast Network. You can hear more of this cast and other shows like it by checking out lonewolfpodcasts.com. The intro music is Sci-Fi Hybrid Intro by Soundmake, and the outro music is Science Fiction by tunes to go both were purchased on Pond5.com. Nice. I likes it. I likes it. Not standard issue. I need me one of them. I had this shirt on when I met Jamie for the first time. I love it. Reminded me how much I love Jamie. <laughs> Look, I get it. This coming weekend, I'm going to be at a Girl Scouts booth. Oh, yeah. Selling cookies, huh? Man, you, I've got so much I got to sell. If y'all want some cookies, you let me know. I'll mail them to you. <laughs> I've got about almost $800 worth of cookies that I have to sell. Okay. And that's just bare. Michaela's got about 600. You guys do it differently than up here. Up here, they sell in advance, but I guess you guys just they buy everything. They used to do that, but they don't. In the four or five years that we've been doing Girl Scouts, they, that's how they did it when I was a Girl Scout. Mm-hmm. Where you would, That's what I would do, is you'd take around the little piece of paper to everybody and the like, doors, this people person wants to buy it. Yeah. Yes, that's what I would have to do. We're not, I'm not so lucky. So they make us choose how many cookies we want or how it's like it's like playing spades so you're just you're betting on how many you could sell <laughs> okay you gotta stop walking in and out of i don't well you can stay out there what is that tape gun no tape a tape okay i have questions it's a tape gun, it's a tape gun. what why is the girl holding a tape gun what? Hey, La. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday. You're not taping up your father, are you? Hopefully. <laughs>